if you will, open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, and in praying and getting ready, this seemed like the good thing to teach on, so 1 Corinthians 3, verse, I'm not going to tell you because then you'll read it, but what I'm going to talk about is farming with God. You know, that may sound like, well, I don't farm, I don't want to farm, I don't want to get dirty, I don't want to sweat. Uh, you got like a different sermon called like uh, at the pool with God or, you know, in the office with God or on the couch with God. No, it's called farming with God. And in John 15, 1, in the New Living Translation, Jesus describes who he is, but then he describes who God is to us. And it says, he said, my father is the gardener. My father is the gardener, and that's in the New Living Translations. Other ones say he's a vine dresser. In other words, he works on the vines. And so if God is a gardener or God is a farmer, and those terms are used in the Bible, notice 1 Corinthians 3, and that's the verse I told you to turn to, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9. I think these things are so important because if God is a farmer, that tells us something. If you met a farmer and they never planted anything, and they never worked in a field, then you would probably think they're not a farmer. No? Right? I mean, if, you know, if some NBA star comes on TV, and they're doing some interview, and they're like, I'm a farmer, you would think, no, you're not. And, uh, or I'm going to retire and become a farmer, then that, doesn't that paint a picture for you? Wow, he's going to go from living in this big mansion that he was able to afford, and he's going to move out in the country, and he's going to get a plot of land, and he's going to put seeds in the ground. Wouldn't you think that? I mean, that's, words are important because they paint an image, and so basically he's telling you God is a gardener. God is a farmer, and if he does farm, where does he farm? What does he farm? When you get to heaven or you're like, you know, you hear all these stories, like I had a vision of heaven. I got caught up before the Lord. I, you know, died and came back to life. You know, you hear these different stories or ones in the Bible. And, and I don't ever hear people just saying, yeah, there's this big combine up there just driving through grain of corn, you know, a bunch of corn and cutting it down. And, and God was driving. Anybody ever heard a story like that? I've never heard of one. But here we're reading and looking at a verse that says God is a gardener, God is a farmer. And so 1 Corinthians 3 verse 9 says this, For we, Paul was talking here, the writer, he said him and this other preacher, he said we're fellow workers, fellow workers, or we're God's fellow workers, or they work together with God. Here's a question before you read further. If they work together with God and we know what God does, what does God do? One thing he does is he farms or he gardens. And if you're going to work together with a farmer, and I say, I'm working with a farmer today, you know, what does that mean? I'm digging a pool. No. If he said we're workers together with God, but we change God's name to the ultimate farmer or gardener, then that would tell me what I'm working with. You could say it like this. These guys were preachers, and they were teachers, 
And they said, we work together with God. And we read a verse that said, God is a gardener and God is a farmer. And, you know, different things like this. He's a vine dresser. And notice the rest of that verse. He said, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. He uses two terms. Working together with God, you're his field, you're his building. And he uses these terms like building a building or planting. And it's interesting because if you read other translations, it says you, instead of field, being God's field, it says you are God's garden. Isn't it interesting that a gardener has a garden and then it says now that he has people that work with him as garden helpers or workers in this garden. Well, then that would mean whether you know it or not, you're God's garden. You are God's garden. And what role? What is this garden? And, and if, if we're a garden, or you have a garden at your house, anybody ever had a garden? Anybody ever known someone with a garden? And so you go, if you went over to someone's house and said, look at my garden, come in the backyard, and let's say it's June or July, you know, you're well into the time of planting and having stuff grow, and you went in the back and you showed this dirt and it had a bunch of weeds and, you know, no lettuce, no nothing growing there other than some weeds, you say, they'd say, well, here's my garden. And what would you think? Well, this is interesting. What are you gardening for? What are you growing here? Are you purposely growing weeds? No, I just got a garden. Well, that, to me, is not a garden. Would you agree? I mean, anybody can do that. You just have dirt and go, you want to see my garden? But here he said, these guys work together with God gardening. And he said, you are God's garden. What are gardens for? They're for growing things, but we understand all gardens have a process. A garden that produces is a garden that was planted in. A garden that produces was one that was protected, one that was watched over. It doesn't mean you have to watch over it you know, every second, but you recognize, hey, if the leaves are wilting on the stuff, let's give it a little bit more water. They're going to need water. And we're going to help this thing along if we want a fruitful garden. It's interesting that he said we are the garden. But here in Mark 4.15, if you read here, it's interesting because he gives details about the individual and what it is or how it is that we are gardened or what part of us uh, is the part that he gardens in. And so here it says in Mark 4, verse 15, he's telling this parable of, a, of, a, of this sower or this person who's planting seeds, and he's trying to explain it so the people know. And he said, these, verse 15, these are the ones by the wayside, and we don't need to look into that right now because it's not of importance to where we're talking, where the word of God is sown. Notice it's the word of God which is sown. When they hear, so hearing is part of this process. It says Satan comes immediately 
and takes away the word, notice this phrase, that was sown in their heart. So you could say this, if you have a garden in your backyard, you're going to put specific seeds in the dirt. Would you agree? So you could say this then, God's a gardener, he works with preachers or people hearing, we are the garden individually, and more specifically, your heart or the core of you is the soil of this garden he's dealing with. So many times people are trying to alter how people act, how they get results, what goes on in their life. Really what they need is the right inward soil and the right seeds in the soil so that it comes forth in their life. In other words, it's a heart issue. And this is why God's a gardener and he works in the soil of your heart. And, and in Luke 11 or 8:11 tells us that the word of God is a seed that needs to be planted in the soil of your heart. And it's interesting that we see back there in Mark that when they heard the word of God, the devil came to try to get it out of their heart, or you could say it like this, to get it out of the soil. Why would he want to take a seed out of the soil of your heart? Why? Some people say, you know, whenever I try to go forward with God, I finally get in the word of God and the devil comes and all these stuff happens. I got a verse for you. The devil comes to seal the word, the seed. Isn't it interesting? I hear that year after year. I really want to go for it with God, but when I do, it's like the devil comes. Wow, that's a surprise. I didn't know that would happen. No, we know that will happen. Why would he come to you? Because you're special? Well, in one sense, yes. But in another sense, he's coming after a seed. He's coming after a seed. I said he's coming after a seed. Why would he come after a seed? I wasn't going to read this, but turn to John uh, 12, 24. So he comes after a seed. John 12. Now this is Jesus talking, but he describes seeds and how they work here. And so why would the devil come after you? Why would pressures come after your life? Why should you not be discouraged? Why does the Bible say when you're tempted and you're tried, you should count it all joy? That's a good question. Because you know one of the main reasons he'll come is to steal a seed. A single seed. One little truth sown into your heart. Why? Well, right here is an interesting verse. It says, and Jesus was calling his life a seed and how that he needed to die and rise from the dead, but it's really the principle of how a seed works. He said in verse 24 of John 12, most assuredly I say to you, 
unless a grain of wheat, that's just one little kernel, one little seed. He said, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies. Well, we know for the most part, most seeds need to be dried out. That's always fascinating to me. It's like you kill it. You know, an avocado, not the same thing, you know, having a pit or whatever. You know, those stay wet. But, you know, you think about all the seeds you get, whether they're flower seeds or gardening things. You don't put them in the ground wet. They need to dry. If they go in the ground wet and stay wet, they just get moldy and they, 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 they don't do anything. They die, they dissolve. But if they dry up, it's like they die, but they don't die. They don't die. And it's interesting, Jesus said here, most assuredly I say to you in verse 24. And isn't it interesting? I don't know. Do you ever think when you read the Bible? I do sometimes. And uh, you ever thought Jesus never lied? Never. One time. He was the truth in the flesh. The total truth. Never a lie. You know, you ever talk to somebody and say, well, I'm not sure if they're telling the truth or not. You never had to ever ask that when it came to Jesus. And because he never told a lie. So you know what's fascinating to me? He had to say, most assuredly, I say to you, listen, listen, seriously. And But we know he never lied. So he put emphasis on this. And he never, ever lied, but he put extra emphasis and said, assuredly or absolutely, I'm telling you the truth. Well, he always told the truth, but it's like he's emphasizing it, and you're getting an emphasis from a person who never lied, would not lie, ever. And he said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless, in other words, if I said unless, you could say it like this. In other words, if this doesn't happen, in other words, if a grain of wheat does not fall into the ground and die, it remains alone. Isn't that true? If you have a seed in your hand and you don't put it in the ground, it will just be alone. Now, you might say, well, I could put two seeds in my hand. Yeah, but then you have two seeds that are alone. So he said, well, I'd put a handful. They'd still, each one of them would be alone. And he goes on to say, unless it remain, it, if it does not get put into the ground and die, in other words, you know, be a right seed ready to plant, he said, it remains alone. It remains alone. But if it dies once it's put in, it produces much grain. In other words, if a seed is not planted, you only have what you have there and what you possess now. Is what you possess now what you want or do you want more? Because if you want more, then you have to plant a seed. Isn't it interesting? He said this, if it's not planted, it abides alone. Our seeds to abide alone. Now, God set up a plan 
to make seeds reproduce more of what they are. More of what they are. Now, there are people who don't understand seeds and only look at the present and don't do what's right with seeds. We're going to starve to death right now. Let's eat all the seeds. No, eat half the seeds. Put half in the ground. The Bible said God gives grain for planting and eating. So we can eat some of it, but you can't eat all of it and get a harvest in the future. But the interesting statement is, he said, if you don't put it in the ground, it will remain one. But if you put it into the ground, you will end up with bunches more. That's important. Because why? The word of God we just read or quoted in Luke 8 is a seed. What do you want? Well, let's put it this way. If gold was a seed, and it's not, you can't plant it. You with me? I remember... But using gold as an illustration, you'll remember this, you know, you can't plant gold and get more gold. But we would understand if you could plant gold, how many of you would just spend the gold? How many of you would go, wait a minute, I'm not spending all this gold. Because sure, I can get stuff, but if I plant it and can get more gold, then I'm going to plant this gold because I, I know what gold is. I want more gold. Because then I can start taking and doing something with this gold that I'm getting, and I'm going to get more and more. But if I just eat the gold I've got or don't do anything with the gold I've got, it remains right there. If, if a seed, if gold was a seed or seed form, would you not think I'm going to do something different with this gold? Wouldn't you? And uh, I remember this one, and it's not a seed, but I do remember this one video. It's called The Origin of Greed. And it was like a caveman cartoon. And uh, he had, uh, there was one little tree that had grown and had a piece of fruit. And he was like, oh, fruit. And he went to get the thing. And he thought, I'm going to eat this. And he went to eat the thing. And right when he did, these two monkeys came, jumped on him, and ate the seed. And he grabbed it and he thought he had, or the, the fruit, and he thought he had it like this. And, uh, they took off and their bellies were all full and he was so frustrated he opened up his hand and he realized they left only seeds so he just threw them he just threw them out and all of a sudden you know a day later you know it went boop you know on a cartoon it's not life right some of you are not sure about that and it went boop and then all of a sudden they went roop, you know real fast and they all grew up and then it went drink like this Ding, 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 ding. And there was fruit everywhere. And then it instantly became ripe and they started falling, falling. So he went and picked it up and started eating and he's thinking, great. And then he started spitting and he realized inside every one of these are more seeds. He's got this cool harvest. I mean, you know, and uh, so then all of a sudden the music changes and um, comes this good looking female cave woman because he's a caveman, and he sees her coming up, and he sees those seeds, and he just throws them and had fruit, and he threw them, and he's like, oh. And the next scene is the sun going down, 
And um, he's patting this mound of dirt and watering it. He buried her. He thought, I can get a lot of these. No, some things just aren't seeds. He thought, I don't want just one. I want many. Gold is not a seed. Don't go try to plant somebody. You can go to jail for that. And, um, but isn't it the truth that gold, if we recognize the value of gold, but then we make it in seed form, we go, oh, wow, to produce more gold, that would be good. Right? But it's true. If, think of it this way. If no plant, no corn, you know, or nothing that we eat plant, you know, vegetables and fruit and stuff. If they didn't have seeds and they just grew, eventually the earth, we would starve to death. There would be nothing to fulfill us. Only animals. And if they didn't have seeds, they'd get eaten and didn't produce this way. They would be done too. We would be gone. God set up earth like this, but he set up you like this. In other words, he made you his garden, he gave you soil in your heart, and he has the word of God that are called seeds. And so what we need to do is, are all seeds the same? Let me ask you this, are all the needs of your life the same? Do you need wisdom in different areas? Do you need healing? Do you need to walk in authority? Do you need to walk in love? Do you need to be better obedient to God? What is it that you need to walk in? Uh, you know, what is it? Those things that you want to harvest in, you need a seed. You do. And if he said the sower sows the seed, and Jesus said the seed is the word of God, we know there's love is a fruit of the Spirit, Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. All these different things come in a seed form. If there were no seeds, then they wouldn't produce. But if you want something to produce in your life, here's something you can do. You can pray and talk to God about seeding, watering, working in your life. But I would say this, in other words, God, I want this. Help me to find these seeds in the Word of God and help me to water and to work with this. But there's another side to it, too. Don't just ask God for what you want. Maybe God sees something in your life that he's like, they need to increase in this area. Because, you know, some people like their area. Oh, I just love to worship the Lord. That's all I need. He's like... It would be nice if you're a little more faithful, you know, or you are a little stronger in this area or a little, you know, have a harvest in this area. Or we could just say, well, I just love faith and I'm not all about that fluffy worship stuff. And I just, I got to be like this. And the Lord knows all the areas we need increase in, right? But increase is not automatic without a seed. And so if the seed is the word of God, ask God how to grow what to plant. Ask him, are there things you want to plant in my life? And don't just say, God, I want to grow in this, but I would say there's no problem for you recognizing an area and saying, God, I want to grow in this area. Help me in this planting and watering thing. And help me to hear the right things, to find the right things in the word of God. What we need to understand is don't just think about what you want to grow in. Ask God what kind of seeds would he like to plant.
you with me? Because God looks at the future. Remember in the Old Testament, a famine was coming to a land. God had given a man a vision and said, in, in the future, all your brothers are going to bow down and worship you. And he goes down to this land, actually gets sent, sold into slavery. He's down there. He gets raised up, and, and God's using him, and he's been in prison for living for God. And this leader has this dream, a vision, and he needs it interpreted. And the guy said, listen, here's what it is. You're going to have this many years of plenty, and uh, then you're going to have this many years of famine. So what you need to do in the years of plenty, put this much away so that when you get to these years of famine that are going to come, you'll be able to draw from that in those years of famine. Though they affect the rest of the world, they won't affect you. And sure enough, just like he said, well, God foresees and they didn't, weren't touched by that famine, God foresees what's coming, and he would like to put certain seeds in you. He knows what the destiny is for our church. He knows where he's trying to take us. And some people think, well, it's yeah, that's cool. I'm looking forward to getting there. But the big thing is, is getting there and having the right things planted and being harvested in every individual is huge. You with me? I mean, wouldn't you want to train your young daughter up so that when your younger son gets old enough, uh, she can babysit him if need be? But you, when do you do that? When the age he's like 12 or 10 or whatever and she's 15 and you're like, okay, that's not the time to teach him. You prepare that so the time she's able she can step into that. And it's true in every area of our life. God would like to plant things before, but many of us don't know the future. But God does, so he will try to prepare you now for what's coming. You with me? He will. And so we need to cooperate with him. So I want to talk about planting, sowing here just for a few minutes. Uh, things that we can do purposefully to plant seeds, water seeds, so that in time... They grow. Just like I told that story about that cartoon, nobody has ever, at least that I know of, watched naturally seeds being planted and instantly giving a harvest, you know, just popping up. And so it is in the Christian faith that it can take time for some things to grow, but they need proper seeds to be sown. You can't only plant watermelon seeds and expect corn and pumpkins and you know, squash and everything else. You need whatever you want to have grow, you've got to seed that type of seed or sow that type. In other words, whatever I want, what do you want in life? What do you need in life? Then plant the seed of that need. In other words, if I need corn, then I'm going to plant watermelon seeds. No, I'm going to plant corn seeds. What do you need in your life? Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially, what do you need? Notice we were there in 1 Corinthians 3. We're going to look at this real quick before we move forward. It says this, remember we're laborers together with God. Remember that verse? But notice before he said this, 1 Corinthians 3, 6, now, both Paul and Apollos, Apollos were preachers. They preached the word. 
and Paul went to these people first, then Apollos came along after. It says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. And then he goes on to talk about uh, people who plant and people who water. And he goes back into this thing. Then he goes on to, to the scripture I read earlier, you are God's garden. So what was it that Paul planted and what was it that Apollos watered? Well, we know from other scriptures and from the context, they would preach the word. Whatever word you want produced in your life, you need to get that seed. The first time you hear it is not the time you always get in a harvest. And so it's interesting, Paul was the first one there, but Apollos was there later and preached the same things. He called that watering. When you hear a truth once, the first time it's a seed sown. The next time you hear it, it's watering the seed. It's the truth has already been heard. It's already there. It needs to be watered. You need to hear it again. Now, you can hear it again from me if I teach it once and I teach it again. In the second time you hear it, it's watering the seed. You know, I know this. Sometimes people are like, why don't they just teach something totally different? I need a new thing. God is doing a new thing. You know, that's what he said. I'm doing a new thing. I'm no longer a gardener no longer a farmer, no longer planting seeds, no longer giving a harvest that way. No, he said, I am the Lord that changes not. But what happens is people don't always work the process. They want results, so they go look a different way for the results that only come one way. You get what I'm saying? In other words, you can't look another way. You can't, there is no grocery store in heaven. You know what I mean by that? In other words, you just go, I never have to plant. Somebody else will plant. Somebody else will sow. Now, we can benefit from other people's faith, but eventually we need to grow some stuff in our own life. You with me? And it's not a quick thing always in certain areas. And here's the thing. You can see it start growing. Have you ever planted something and went, woohoo, it's growing? And it's like an inch high. You're rejoicing. You recognize the growth. You know, a week or two later, it's four inches. Woo-hoo, it's growing. You recognize it, but is it bearing fruit yet? No. And then it gets a foot or two high, and then you start seeing the fruit develop, but you know it's just not ready, but you're like, yes. It's the same thing. You can get excited as you're growing and go, why am I not seeing the fruit, but I'm seeing that truth and that truth seems to be getting stronger in me, and I recognize this is mine, it's because it needs to get to run its full course. Then you'll be able to reap the harvest. Then you'll be able to partake. And some people get frustrated because they're like, no, I know that truth. I got that. If When you have faith, you will have results. When it gets in you the right way, you will get results. But the issue is, is when it's growing, some people are like, how come I don't see it? What's the problem here? You know, that's what a farmer, you know, you ever seen people get mad at stuff that they shouldn't have got mad at? A golfer spends thousands or hundreds of dollars on golf clubs. Truth? See, now I know who plays golf. And um, you see them get out there and they get all frustrated and they go to busting their clubs 
hucking them in the water, pounding the ground. Anybody ever seen that? Oh, yeah. Even non-golfers have because they get to watch the videos of them on the news or on the Internet of them beating the snot out of their clubs, breaking them, wrapping them around trees. That is stupid. Just flat stupid because you didn't see happen what you wanted right then. And you might be delusional of your own golf skill. You with me? You might just be delusional. Well, I should have gone in. Well, maybe not. Maybe it was better off. As, you know, maybe not. You might not be that good. You might have only been miniature golfing and you realize this is different. You don't know that. These clubs cost more money. But you ever seen a mad farmer? You know, halfway through the season, he's just ticked off. He hadn't seen the fruit yet. His corn's getting real tall. I'm just going to run them all over with my tractor. Dump corn stalks. And just thrash them with the tractor, whatever. Would, would you think that that would ever happen? No, because he knows better. It's, there's a matter of faith and patience that it takes to receive. And so here he said, I have planted, Apollos has watered. Why didn't he just say all you need to do is hear it one time and that's good enough? Why did he say it needs to be watered? Because obviously the seed of the word of God can grow inside of you. But what is planting? It's hearing. What is watering? Hearing the same thing again. You know, somebody in the church had, I had, had these little cactus for years and I've been growing them. And, and uh, I know about them. They're my cactus. They're a rare cactus. I've, I found them one time years ago, and I, when I've moved, I've taken some and replanted and start, you know, another little cactus thing with them, garden. That's what I'm calling it now. And uh, for this, you know... Uh, but anyway, I'd plant them, and, and I was always careful because most cactus, if you water them too much, they can split, they can die. These, you don't. You can just hardcore water them. Now, they won't grow in the winter, but during the summer, you can hardcore water them, and they'll just grow, 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 grow fast. But my thing is, is I didn't water them much, so they didn't grow much. But you can't water them super hard and expect tomorrow they're going to be, huh? But they grow, they grow fast but they grow by watering. Here's the thing. What is watering when we're talking about this before we leave? Watering is hearing the same truth again. You can wait till the next time I teach on a subject, or you can find the seeds that are in the Word of God, and you can begin to water things with your own life, with yourself. Meaning this, if there's a scripture about provision, if there's a scripture about peace, scriptures about direction, you know, some people don't realize that they could be directed more by God, save people, but they're more mental conscious, they're more natural conscious. They've never sowed the seeds that would tell them, look inside, God will deal with you, God will witness to you, and get those things planted so they become inward conscious instead of just noisy in their mind, and they've never given time for that thing to be watered and grown. So they do get direction, but it's not as often as God maybe would like. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to find scriptures about the Holy Spirit, how he witnesses, how he directs, how he guides, and you're going to water that. 
In other words, you're going to find them and reread it. But one thing about watering is hearing. You need to say it. God directs me in your own life. God deals with me. God does this. God has provided healing. Somebody said, but I'm not healed yet. You're planting a seed. You're watering a seed. You're developing your faith to get harvest. You with me? Uh, healing belongs to me. He's paid for it. Deliverance is mine. Authority is mine. And so you plant these things, and then you water them by your words. You water them by your words. How long? Till you gain the fruit. And it's interesting, Joshua, when he went to inherit the promise to walk in God's best, to walk in God's blessing, what I find interesting is he said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. First thing he said, it's got to be in your mouth. If it leaves your mouth, you're not watering because you're not hearing. It's not that you need to tell everybody, but you need to tell yourself because yourself needs to hear it because yourself needs to hear it again so that when it hears it again, it gets watered. And so he said, the first thing he said, you're going to be a success. If you're going to be a success, he said, don't let the word of God proceed out of, or depart out of your mouth, but you meditate, ponder deeply. We would say, worry the word, think deeply on it day and night that you then can learn to practice it, then you will make your way prosperous. Notice you will, and you will have good success. You're responsible with God to have good success in your life, not God, because he gave us all the seeds we need. But you want to know something about this book? They all remain alone. But the interesting thing, even in the Old Testament, the Bible said, one of the writers said, I ate your word. And it was the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. He started seeing it and knowing it. It started doing something in him. But if you want this to produce in your life, you've got to plant, hear it, then hear it again. And what do you want to grow? If I plant a watermelon seed here, and then I plant it and go, okay, I planted it, and I plant pumpkin here and corn here, but I don't ever go water that watermelon again, and I only water the corn, I'm not going to get the pumpkin harvest yet or the watermelon harvest. I have to be purposeful to hear those truths again and again so they can grow in my life. This is the last thing I want to say. If you want to really do this and do it right, you really need to talk to God, and then you have to follow the Lord's dealings that he deals with you about. If he's the gardener, and he's the farmer, and you're the soil, and you're working with him, and you find promises to cover whatever it is you want producing in your life, and you start hearing them initially and then again, and you read them and say them, then you're on your way to growing. But the thing is, God is the ultimate farmer. He knows if there's something getting into your life that would hinder the growth, slow down the growth, or what you need to do to get it to grow quicker or faster. So you have to follow his leadings if you want the best.